0: Welcome to the Brave Church Podcast. Thanks for listening in today. Regardless of what you believe, where you come from, or what questions you might have, you are welcome here. Our mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. If you want to partner with us, or if you're interested in more information, head over to brave.church to find out more. There you'll see resources to help kids learn more about Jesus, discussion guides for this talk, as well as ways our Brave Compassion team is responding to needs in this season. To catch the full Brave release, including worship and other updates, check out this talk on YouTube. Now, thanks for joining us. We hope this talk helps you find and follow Jesus.
1: Hey, Brave Church, thanks for joining us today. My name is Samuel Laws. I'm one of our lead pastors, and we're gonna be in Luke chapter six, starting in verse 27, if you wanna go there and follow along. But hey, can you guys believe that summer is almost over? I mean, this is crazy. We're in August now. School's going back. By the way, we're praying for you guys. I know there's a lot to figure out when it comes to school right now. And so we've been thinking about you, but I just want to give a shout out to our online community, to everybody that's been listening every single week on their AirPods or people that have been watching on YouTube. We just think it's incredible. You know, right now, our community Even though we miss being in person, we miss seeing each other, we are as connected as we have ever been. This semester, we just had 16 brave groups that were meeting every week on Zoom. They just wrapped. They're starting back up again in September, but there are more groups meeting. They are the heartbeat of our community. There are more people connecting in that way than ever before. And not only that, but every summer, I mean, churches are just known for an attendance drop because people go on vacation and they're out of the area. And one of the things that's been really cool to see is how People have stayed engaged, stayed connected, getting you know texts and photos of people watching at a cabin or with their family, and it's just so encouraging. We estimate that we actually have more people attending Brave than ever before because it's online, especially for the summer months, and so we think... That's really cool what God's doing. We're also really encouraged when you share a quote or something that stood out to you from the talk or or something to do with the gathering that also really inspires other people. And so keep doing that. We love it. But today we are in a series called Heart Like Jesus. And what we've been doing is we've been going through a list found in Galatians 5 known as the fruits of the Spirit because these attributes, when we see these in our lives, when when we see these welling up within our hearts what it means is that we're starting to have a heart that looks more like the heart of Jesus. And so all of these things are dependent on the spirit of God, but like any growth or development that happens in our lives, we have a part to play too. Being led by the spirit is a lot like dancing with a partner. Now I haven't done a lot of dancing, I'm far from a professional dancer, okay, but I do have a friend who is a professional dancer, and I asked him a little bit about this metaphor because it's such a great picture of how we're led by the Spirit and how God wants to lead our lives, and so it's a lot like dancing, but the partner is God, and you know, you can have the best dancing partner, and they're going to make you look better, but you still have to practice so that you can get to the point where you're not stepping on their feet anymore, and eventually that you can move in a unity where you become one. So we're practicing and we're working towards this dance. We wanna be great dancing partners. God is taking the lead. You know, In every, in every dance with, with two people, somebody takes the lead. So we're not leading, God is leading, but we want to move with God. And as we do, as we practice this dance, what we see is that we become more like Jesus. And there's evidences that we're becoming more like Jesus because we see these things, love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so today, we're gonna talk about practicing kindness. In some ways, this series is a little predictable because, you know, you can look through the list and you can see which ones are coming up. It's right there in Galatians 5. But, you know, I had kind of lost track and then I I looked when I was getting ready to start studying and I saw that it was kindness. And to be honest, I was kind of like, oh man, do I have to to teach on this one? Is this my week? And I even felt a little convicted, like, am I gonna gonna be good at this one? Because I don't think of this as the one I excel at. Like, I don't think of this as the one that people would, be like, oh, Samuel, he, he's really this one when you look at this list of, of all of these virtues, right? And, you know, that kind of sounds bad because I'm a pastor and we're supposed to be super nice, right? But um, my personality type, if you follow the Enneagram, I'm an eight. Some refer to that type as the protector or the challenger, and we're characterized by being authoritative or direct and, and not shying away from confrontation. And that doesn't always give the impression that you're just really nice, you know? And so here's the deal, though, is that I know when I start to see more of this in my life, when I start to see more kindness, that that is a sign that the Spirit of God is producing something because it's not in my nature, it's not natural. And so if you take a look at this list, you might even want to pause it. Let's throw this list back up on the screen. But if you look at all of these, you can probably highlight some that you're really good at, like you're naturally good at, that you actually really embody and you've kind of been that way maybe even since you were a kid. And then you can probably point out a few that are harder for you. And so you want to pay attention to that. You want to be aware of that because that is often how we know that we're in step with God, that we're doing this dance because we start to see ourselves become more like Jesus. And so This is really a key thing, kindness is one for me, so I'm actually excited to teach on this because it's a great challenge to tackle. So what is kindness? Uh, The original word used in Galatians 5 that we translated as kindness is one of the multiple Greek words used for love. Uh, It could also be translated loving kindness. Um, Generally speaking, in our culture, when we think of kindness, though, we think of niceness. We think of someone being nice to people, but kindness is so much more than just being nice. So let's begin by reading our passage, Luke 6, 27 through 38. But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you, and if someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is it to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, And lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great. And you will be children of the Most High. Because He is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. No one thinks kindness is a bad idea, right? Nobody's like, no, let, let's not be kind. That's, that's kind of stupid. No, we all think that kindness is a good idea. In fact, right now, kindness is trendy. Uh, This week, I searched kindness on Etsy, a shop where you can find homemade uh, crafts and and goods for for decor or clothing, and so I searched kindness, and all kinds of stuff come up. Check these out. I found a sticker that says, kindness is cool, Uh, shirts that said, be a nice human, hats that said, be kind, and, and all kinds of poster art about how cool kindness is, okay? So kindness is really trendy, but let me ask you something. We're buying shirts. We're buying posters, we're buying hats, we're buying all of these things that are promoting kindness. It's trendy, but is it trending? No. It's not trending. It, kindness is not in the news. Kindness is not the thing that we're sharing stories about or that we're noticing. When when was the last time someone told you about a random act of kindness and they just had to talk about it? Now, I'm not saying it's nowhere to be found. Okay, my neighbor uh well, a lot of my neighbors are into barbecuing, but one of them, he actually made a brisket, and then he made a brisket pizza, and he delivered it to my door. Like, if that's not kindness, what is, right? Kindness is alive and well, okay? But but it's not trending. It's not the thing that we're consuming, that we're taking in with our eyes, that we're reading about, that we're meditating on, that we're, that we're seeing in the world at large, okay? I, I was getting a haircut the other day, and by the way, some of you have asked, yes, we do have a brave barber. and you know, we're really safe, we we did it outside, it was legit, but uh, my barber, she, she's she been cutting my hair since 2012, and since I first moved to the Bay, and I was thinking about it just this, this last week when she was cutting my hair, because uh, we were talking about Kanye West, and I was thinking, you know, we've talked about Kanye for years now, and he's always coming up, not even necessarily because you want to talk about him, but he just does stuff that's so crazy that he's always in the news, and then I had this other thought, and I was like, you know, what if what if we talked about kindness more than Kanye? Like, let's talk about kindness more than Kanye. I don't know about your news feed, but mine, I can't remember the last time some really cool story about somebody doing something kind just popped up. Maybe you can think of one, but one is not a trend, which leads me to a theory, okay? I think I know why we have positive associations with kindness, but it's not common in our world despite all the cool stuff that you can decorate your house with or that you can get to wear on Etsy, okay. despite all our ideals about kindness, and even despite the fact that we generally agree that kindness is a good thing, you know why kindness isn't trending? You wanna know why? Here it is. Kindness isn't trending because there are other things that we like more. In fact, we like these things so much more that we even make excuses for people who aren't kind because we like these things more. For example, she's really direct, a little short, but she gets things done. Or, you know, he's not really good with people, but he's really smart. Or, or they cancel people, but they're for justice. Or he's not the most flexible, but he's organized. Here's the deal maybe we think that kindness is cool. Like maybe we do. But we think being smart, successful, stylish, wealthy, and woke is way more cool than being kind just to name a few things. And so it's no surprise that kindness isn't trending. Would you believe me if I said kindness is better than all of those things? When you pray for a child at night, you're putting them to sleep. Do you you pray that they'll be kind before you pray that they'll be smart, beautiful, or successful? What if that's exactly what we should be praying for? What if we understood just how valuable kindness is? As we reflect on the words of Jesus, we are all invited to rediscover what kindness really is. It's not this warm, fluffy kindness. It's often challenging and rare. It takes bravery to live out the kindness that Jesus taught. And so today, we're gonna look at how to do that. And in your notes, you can follow along. Let's take a look. Four reasons biblical kindness is rare. And all four of these are coming from four different examples that Jesus gave us right here in Luke 6 when he was showing us this way of kindness that is so uncommon and so difficult. Verse 27, it says, But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. And then in verse 29, it says, If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn them to the other also. The first reason biblical kindness is rare is number one, it's hard to find someone who actually loves their enemy or even someone close to an enemy, right? In our nature, this doesn't feel natural. It might even feel scary, but Jesus, he saw enemies as people to love and see redeemed. And sometimes that didn't look kind at all, right? I mean, Jesus challenged the Pharisees. He cursed them. We hear that, and and that doesn't sound very peaceful, right, that he's cursing people, The one group that Jesus was most critical of, the religious leaders, were the ones that were entrusted to represent the heart of God to the people, and they misrepresented it, and that drove Jesus crazy. Yet, here Jesus is telling us to love our enemies, to turn the other cheek. When a person was slapped on the cheek in those times, it was a sign of rejection that often accompanied being removed from the synagogue, removed from the community, removed from their place of worship. There are numerous examples of this kind of violence appearing in the chronicles of the early church in the book of Acts, but the early church, they kept turning the other cheek, they persisted, and it led to a powerful testimony for the gospel. They were sharing Jesus with people that not only rejected the message, but took action against them and rejected them, and they didn't fight back. They attempted to overcome evil with good. Then in the second part of verse 27, Jesus says, If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. This illustration paints a picture of vulnerability. Those who take the outer garment should also be allowed to have the undershirt. Number two, we would rather be seen as strong than vulnerable. We'd rather be seen as strong than vulnerable. Um, Jesus' point here isn't to stand on a street corner and get robbed, okay? He's not talking about stupid vulnerability. There are some people that we shouldn't be vulnerable with because it's not safe to be vulnerable with them or, or, or we shouldn't trust necessarily. But what Jesus is saying is be vulnerable with your weaknesses and be willing to share what God has done in your life. And for me, I've always found that to be challenging. It's always been kind of a harder thing for me to do. For my wife, it's so easy. Like a few weeks ago, I shared with you guys about her autoimmune disease called alopecia, where some of her hair is falling out and, you know, scary time. But it didn't even occur to me till afterwards how brave that was that she was okay with me sharing that. Because, you know, we both share this value of letting God use our pain and our weakness. But it's easier for some of us to be vulner- more vulnerable than others. Yet kindness requires that we all grow in this area. And this is the ministry of the gospel. I was reading a book the other day about this famous poet, and this was before he was famous. And he was really nervous to read his poetry in front of a crowd because these words represented stuff that was deep from his soul, from his heart, and he was you know, really just nervous that they would reject him. And, and then he did something crazy, which I am not, I do not recommend. Um, he got naked before <laughs> before this audience and then read his poems. Now, don't get naked, okay? There's no clothes coming off here right? But what's so crazy to me is just like that is how it feels to a lot of us when we're going to be really vulnerable about something. It feels like you're getting naked, but that's a good thing to lean into when it comes to our weaknesses and how God wants to use them to connect with others and to show his strength and to give him glory and to build a great story of how God has done something in your life, but you have to be willing to share that for it to be useful, for it to be impactful, There's more strength in our vulnerability than in our appearance of strength because we have a Savior that is stronger than our weakness. Continuing on in verse 30, Jesus says, Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Another biblical reason biblical kindness is rare is that number three, helping those in need isn't always convenient. When you hear that you're supposed to give to those in need, what do you think of? Chances are, most of us, the first thing we think of is money. right? We think of giving to those who are, who are poor, in need, that need food. And, and that's a really important aspect that we're called to as followers of Jesus, is to care for the poor, especially, the Bible says, those within your household caring for the poor in our church. Through brave compassion, we have been able to do so much during this season, which is just so incredible. In fact, just last week, we had an idea. It was, it was World Against Human Trafficking Day, this Awareness Day. And there's an organization that we have already been partnering with for years called New Day for Children. And every year during our vision campaign, we raise money for them. We send them a check. But we just thought, hey, let's just throw it out there. We did a a quick video. Let's just throw it out there. Anyone who wants to give to help them today for for one day, it's all going to go to them. And so you guys raised about $2,000 in 24 hours And it's so cool because they didn't even know we were going to do it. They didn't even see it coming. And I love that. I love that we can use our resources to help those in need. But here's what I'm getting at is is sometimes that is what we need to do, right? Sometimes that's the only way to be a blessing. Like this is a great example because it's an organization where we can't volunteer because things need to be confidential for the safety of the children that they're rescuing and, and rehabilitating. But sometimes money is the easy one because... It doesn't require our time. It doesn't require emotional investment. It doesn't require the hard work of building relationships. See, there are all kinds of poverty around us that also need to be met with our heart, that also need to be met with our care. Some people are, are isolated and lonely and they're longing for community. Some people, they're, they're poor, in their spiritual life because they haven't been connected to God yet and they're searching and God might wanna use you to help connect them to him. The truth is we can't be there for everyone, but who can we be there for? Who can call us in the middle of the night if they need someone to talk to? Who, Who will we drop everything for if they needed us to? I wonder what does inconvenient kindness look like to you? Meeting needs is a fundamental expression of love. So let's review, why is biblical kindness rare? Okay, number one, it's hard to find someone who actually loves their enemy. Number two, uh, we would rather be seen as strong than vulnerable. And number three, helping those in need isn't always convenient. Lastly, let's take a look at verse 30. Jesus repeats what he said earlier. He says, give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Then down in verse 37, he says, do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned forgive and you will be forgiven. Number 4. It's easier to receive forgiveness than to give it away. CS Lewis he said everyone says forgiveness is a lovely idea until they have something to forgive. Forgiving instead of going for revenge it takes incredible restraint. In fact Paul knew this in 1 Corinthians 6 he even says it's better to be defrauded than to bring revenge in Jesus's name. See, Jesus, he doesn't want anyone taking payback into their own hands in his name. It's like over and over again, in so many different ways, Jesus is like, hey guys, love your enemies. Like, this is what it's about. Love your enemies. This is our strategy. This is, uh, it sounds crazy. Nobody else is doing it, but trust me, it's gonna work. And the greatest vindication is turning an enemy into a friend of God. Only loving kindness can do that. So where do we go from here? How how do we do this? How do we practice this? You know, Jesus, he was so brilliant that he actually summed all of this up into one sentence, into one phrase that we can remember that is so simple. Here's how it goes. Here's how we're gonna practice kindness this week. Do to others as you would have them do to you. When you find yourself in a situation where you're not sure what to do, ask yourself that question. What would I want someone to do for me? and that is the way of kindness. One of the most beautiful examples of this is found in the life of the Apostle Paul. So you might have heard about his story when he came to know Jesus. His name used to be Saul. He hunted Jewish Christians, he had them killed, he had them imprisoned. He was passionate for God, but his passion was misplaced. He didn't know it when he was doing it, but he was actually opposing God. He was accidentally an enemy of God. I wonder if you've heard about what happened before the miracle conversion of Saul, before God came to him. You know, there's this whole story. He came to him on the road while he's traveling and boom, like blinds him with light and introduces himself. You know, so there's this crazy story, but I wonder if you've heard about what happened before that miracle. It starts with this guy named Stephen. And he's a Christian. He's a follower of Jesus. He's part of the early church. And the Jewish people are trying him for treason. And if he's found to be guilty, if he's found to be a follower of Jesus, He could be stoned. Well, in Acts 7, after Stephen's final testimony to the court, this is what it says. It says, When the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this, they covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city and they began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coat at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And then he fell on his knees and he cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. Stephen is widely considered the first martyr. Of Christianity, And here he is, imagine this picture. You've got the first martyr, the first person that's gonna be killed for their faith in Jesus. And here's a young Saul. He's there in support of Stephen's stoning. And what does Stephen do? He prays that Saul would be forgiven. Saul who would go on to plant churches. Saul who would go on to be one of the greatest figures in the early church. He prays that he would be forgiven. Never underestimate the power of forgiveness. God hears us when we pray for our enemies. And the greatest win is that an enemy could become a friend of God. Kindness can do that. Can I pray for you? God, I pray that you would give us the courage to be kind. God, I pray that you would give us the strength that we would turn to you this week and that we really would ask the question, God, what would I want someone else to do to me and how can I how can I be that person for others? God, I pray that You would give us courage to be kind to those who oppose us, to those who are not for us, those who believe differently than we do, that we would never retaliate, but that, God, we would learn to pray for our enemies, that we would see those who oppose you become a friend to you, God. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.
0: Hey everybody, we're gonna continue in our worship through our giving. And I was reading in Psalms the other day, it talks about a person's life, and it says that this is a person that is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. You know what, it's great to be encouraged that through our giving, that we have God's favor in every area of our lives. And whether we're in a COVID season or whether we're in a difficult season, that we can trust in the Lord through our giving that God's gonna take care of us and that God's gonna uh, bless us. And so I just wanna pray for you as we prepare our hearts to give. Father in heaven, we just thank you that you're faithful through every season and that our leaf does not need to wither, but that we can see uh, your blessing in every season of our life. And so as we give uh, cheerfully, Lord God, we just trust in you with all the needs of our life. In Jesus name we pray, amen. Thanks for joining us for the Brave Church Podcast. If you don't live in the area, but this ministry is impacting you, please consider giving to support what God is doing through our church. For questions or more information about getting connected, just go to brave.church. We'll see you next week.